Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for joining me today. I hope your weekend was really good, and I hope you had some wonderful family time. Maybe you got some projects started. Maybe you worked on a self-improvement project. Uh, They say three out of five people are doing a self-improvement project, which uh, I'd be that two, that's that three out of that five. I'd be in that two that are not doing that right now, but that's okay. We have a great show today. Patrick Albanese will be joining me in just a minute. And uh, then Pastor David Miles for Afternoon Mix with Arnold Miles Maxwell. I didn't have that in the right order. Then a whole hour with Ken Samples, and he is a theologian and philosopher. You know him. We're going to talk about how to be selfless. That's going to be a tricky one. So I'm looking forward to the whole day. Let's take a short break and bring on Patrick. You're listening to Faith Radio, a media ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. With radio signals across the upper Midwest and listeners from across the country and around the world connecting with us online and via the Faith Radio app, we're here to help you learn from God's Word and grow in your faith. Find out more about us and request a free welcome packet at our website, myfaithradio.com. Thanks for listening to Faith Radio. Connecting faith to life every day. True spirituality begins with an accurate picture of God. True spirituality is built on the principle of relationship is the core. And if you want a good definition of it, it literally is loving God and loving people 24-7 from the heart. Faith Radio. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours Conferring with the flowers Consulting with the rain And my head I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching If I only had a brain Welcome to the show. So glad on Mondays I get a chance to chat with my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa, Patrick Albanese. Patrick, welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, you know, I heard you giving out that stat that uh, during this inside, yeah. three in five adults are using the time for self-improvement, and you said that you were in that group of two. Well, I'm the other one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for some reason, that doesn't surprise me. But, but you know, something maybe that's something we could work on yeah, and with that the three out of five group. Let's definitely work to try to be in that three out of five group. So many are doing just that. They're doing some self-improvement or they're taking some gift God has given them and trying to uh, lighten the load and brighten people's day with it. I, we've got a couple of examples I think it'd be fun to talk about. Sure. Well, and, and I think there are, you know, sometimes it, this is an opportunity to discover hidden gifts. I'm hoping, for instance, that I discover a hidden gift later today in that uh, uh, earlier today I went to Target to buy hair clippers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I'm not going to be able to have a professional do the job anytime soon. So I'm excited and uh, nervous at the same time. I guess I can keep putting the shorter and the shorter ones <laughs> until eventually uh, I'm, they were on sale. So I picked up a, a set for you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. You're always thinking about the other person, which I yeah. I like. 
I but, realize you didn't need it, so I've already returned it, gotten my money back. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you so yeah. much. I love the yeah. dig, too. Um, thank you. Yeah. So there are some really fun things that are happening where people are saying, look, at, uh, we're all in this together. Hopefully something like this might brighten your day. And well done, some of the outstanding artists and performers that have uh, opened up their basements, like uh, Bela Fleck, the great banjo player, maybe the greatest banjo player alive. And talk about the concert you watched him do in his basement. So uh, Bela Fleck is married to Abigail Washburn. Now, Bela Fleck plays three-finger style banjo. She plays uh, the claw hammer style, and which is the back-of-the-hand style for those not in the know. And uh, they, uh, we went to see their concert about a year and a half ago, and my wife, who uh, entered the concert, not a fan of the banjo, left with CDs. Wow. That's, that's how good they are. That's how good they are. So... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, their whole concert schedule got canceled, and they decided to do a live concert from their basement. And uh, we tuned in, and it was it was delightful. And now they've done three; they've got a fourth one coming up this Friday night. It's only about a forty-five minute concert. They do it in their pajamas in a messy basement. They don't even clean <laughs> up. It's it's absolutely messy. And they've got a couple of young kids that keep running around, and occasionally, you know, they'll be doing this gorgeous uh, uh, banjo piece with two different styles of banjo playing, harmonizing beautifully together, and a kid will come in with a dinosaur <laughs> and just <laughs> dance it right in front of... And I, I discovered this by accident because I, I follow him on Facebook just because I want to know if they if they ever come back in town for a concert, I want all the updates. Right. It was that good. Well, uh, so I said, oh, a lot? What? You're doing a live concert from the basement? Well, then I, I delved into the good side of Facebook. Not the social media side where people say, hey, what I love about Facebook is uh, I get to connect with people I haven't spoken to in years to replace the people I'm not talking to now. <laughs> you know? Right. And I found these like live videos or you know, some of them are recorded. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm watching Joan Baez in her kitchen singing songs. James Taylor. You can find almost anybody, and a lot of them are doing live concerts, and you say, I'm getting to see a side of these people that I've been a fan of, some of them for years, sometimes you're introduced to somebody new, and they're opening you up into their home saying, well, we can't leave, so you know what, here's a free little mini concert, it might only last 15 or 20 minutes, uh, just, it's it's really delightful, I, I'm, I, I, I can't encourage people enough to um, maybe say, let's get away from the side where people are commenting on everything and see where the positive messages are. I'm telling you, you'll have a smile on your face. You'll say, I can't believe it. I just, I found, you know, um, an artist that I'm a huge fan of has been putting up, uh, Melissa Etheridge was in her living room, just singing away. Yeah, it's so, pretty fun every, to see that. It is really delightful. Yeah, and there is a, a musician who works for my brother-in-law who plays sax, and he decided... Uh, a while ago to just give a little sax concert. Uh, so he plays along with a tract. So the only thing live is the sax, him playing. And it's a couple of minutes, and it was kind of a day brightener for me. And I thought, well, as we go into break here, I'll play that, and then we can uh, come back and talk about some more upbeat things that people are doing just to brighten people's day. But here's a gentleman named uh, David Strong with his sax.
Welcome back to the show. So glad to have Patrick Albanese as my guest on Mondays. We always get things started, find out what happened over the weekend. Lots of news on the weekend. Patrick, I don't know if I want to talk about much of it. I want to talk about some positive, upbeat things that we're doing to make things a little lighter in the world right now because we're, we're a little short on that. We're sort of, we're, you know, a lot of us are sheltered in place. You know, it's kind of interesting because, you know, a lot of the same type of people that I do and some of the same people. And, you know, for a lot of our magician, comedian and, you know, uh, a variety of arts performing friends, you know, staying home all day, watching TV, eating box food. It's kind of the going, welcome to my world. (laughs) 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 There's so many friends. I go, that's kind of what they do anyway. This is not a very big adjustment for some people. But for a lot of us, it's a tough adjustment. And then you, you have to look for the positive because the only things that you, you know, your normal channels uh, are just presenting you a, a deluge of negative. I know. So, yeah, there's so many good, positive things going on out there. Yeah. And I'm not going to bury my head in the sand, but, um, you know, it's it's like I always say about gardens, you know, the, the, the weeds grow. You don't plant them. They just, they show up. But the good stuff you cultivate, the good stuff you have to plant, and then you have to move the weeds aside so that they can flourish and grow and look beautiful. And so I think in a time like this, we we have to work a little bit harder to make sure that we're getting a daily dose of beauty. I agree. Now, in the second hour today, Patrick, I'm talking to uh, my uh, friend Ken Samples, who's a theologian and philosopher, and we're going to be talking about uh, how you know about selflessness because by nature we all think of ourselves most of the time, but now we're at a time where we need more than ever to be more selfless. And I I know there's stories popping up, and you have a friend who did something I thought was very cute for his barber of all people. Yeah, so you know, this uh, obviously with social distancing, we just found out by the way they closed the bowling alleys in Iowa today, and I had no idea they were open. I don't think anybody did. <laughs> I don't think they've noticed a difference in the business, but uh, the you know hair salons have been gone. And uh, so a friend of mine's hair was getting a little bit shaggy and he thought, well, wait a second, you know, I'm not just going to cut my own hair. I will do it live uh, on a Facebook video stream and uh, I may even let my kids, you know, take a couple of swaps. (laughs) (laughs) And and this friend of mine is, he's a very entertaining and extremely positive, upbeat type of guy. And he has a little Venmo account set up. He said, uh, you know, if anybody wants to donate a buck or two or five dollars and those are that money will then go to my barber who's getting nothing from me right now. Uh, He had to close his shop. And I thought, what a great thing. And I think 500 people. I don't he's voting these kind of things, but he had like 500 people tune in. I have no idea, you know, the kind of money he raised. But uh, Bela Fleck and Abigail Washburn put out the, the, the tip jar. But it wasn't for them. Right. When they were in their live concert, they said, this is for, you know, musicians. We're fine. Right. There are other musicians that, you know, don't have health insurance. You know, the, the, the life of a performer can be difficult. And you, you see this stuff and you go, what, okay, what can I do? Can I do something like this? Is there, I mean, you had an experience, didn't you? Uh, well, I have a neighbor who said, I w- would love to be able to make uh, face masks if any neighbors want them just to have on hand if you are out in public and would feel more confident with a mask. And I'm going to keep the price cheap. And just so you know, I'm donating all the proceeds to the uh, children's hospital. <laughs> and all of a sudden your heart just sort of warms up a little bit. I, I said, I'll take three. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and you're selling them for a profit. No, oh, of course <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, as you know, I, 
the other day I'm making a pot of coffee and I looked at my my big bag of coffee filters. I said, well, if this doesn't look like a, like a face mask, I'll be a monkey's uncle. And so I grabbed the stapler. I stapled two rubber bands on and flipped them over my ears. And I said, well, I guess if push comes to shove, I have a bag of 100 face masks that was $3.19. Uh, you know, now... The funny thing is, is I I, I put the, the picture up of me wearing this ridiculous, I, don't, I almost look like a duck. I think I sent it to you. You did send it to me, and I did laugh out loud, just so you know. Yeah, and uh, but there were people that wrote me back and said, you know, it's better than nothing. So <laughs> I guess you could say that's me unfiltered. Oh, goodness. Sorry, that's a relatively bad pun. No, it's good. It's, uh, it is important that we look for ways to help other people and ways to cheer up other people. And it is interesting, the, uh, like the, the personal beautification of, of people with uh, salons and, and barbers and nail salons. They're going to be m- mobbed when those doors reopen. Yeah, it's uh, we uh, the other day, uh, my wife's fingernails were all breaking off, and I said, "I'm I'm happy to give it a shot. I've got some stuff in the <laughs> in the tool shed. I am perfectly happy to give this a whirl. And you're going to have to cut my hair." She says, "I I I I will not touch your hair. I will not touch your hair. So I'm I'm going to have to do that myself." But the offer to do her nails, and she's you know, I mean, it's just me, and I'm not particular. But uh, she will be lined up, as will many other people. You just can't wait to bust on the door and get the nails fixed and get a proper haircut. And um, we did order some food at one of our favorite restaurants the other day for um, pickup, uh, and they were they were so appreciative. You know, they were like, "Oh, thank you for doing this." Now we ordered all kids meals. <laughs> <laughs> because we're on a budget, you see. No, uh, well, actually, their their serving sizes are so big, but. I, there was something so silly about that because it was really partly we want to support them, but there's a part a part of us being lazy saying we just don't feel like cooking yet another meal. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of home time. Yeah, we're yeah. living our childhoods right now. You know, when you and I grew up in the aught yeah. <laughs> X number of years ago, yes. it was like, let's see, what was my childhood? We ate every meal at home. We, we never went anywhere. Right. <laughs> you know, we go, yeah, that's kind of what we're doing right now. Even birthdays. It, you didn't go out for your birthday. You just got your special meal made for you. Right. Yeah. Uh, what what I'm, was your I'm, special meal for your birthday? I had uh, two. Uh, one was lasagna. Nice. My mom made an amazing lasagna. And then there was another thing called Swiss steak. To this day, I don't even know if it's a real item. <laughs> <laughs> well, it certainly is not in Switzerland, that's for sure. No, but my mom called it Swiss steak. I said, well, that's good enough for me. And I believe it was probably the toughest cut of beef you could get. Um, But, you know, she smothered in some type of gravy and onions, and that was it. And then grandma would come over with a sweater, uh, and you would get the sweater. And that was the extent of it. Uh, And it was delightful. So, yeah, it's anyway, we supported this restaurant, and it was partly out of laziness because we didn't feel like cooking another meal. Let's pick our favorite place, though, that we want to support. Gosh, they were so appreciative. And you're thinking, I, I, wanna, I want them to make it through this because mm-hmm. I want them to be there because I'm going to be hungry when this is <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. A friend of mine, too, uh, went through a bunch of old, old photos that, you know, you, that's kind of a good project when you've got time at home is to pull mm-hmm. out your photo albums and go through pictures. And he had scanned a couple of pictures from 35 years ago and sent them to me and you just, I just couldn't believe the delight that came over me when I saw these old photos of, you know, 
the neighbors and friends and from 35 years ago. It was really fun to see. Uh, we, we actually started, my wife started going through all the stuff she's been saving uh, since the kids were born for scrapbooks. And I, I think I sent it to you. We found this cartoon that my son had drawn in first grade. Evidently, they hid it from me. <laughs> <laughs> Not to hurt your feelings. Not to hurt my feelings. But I, I stumble across it. And uh, so he was probably first grade or kindergarten when he drew this. And now I'm a magician. So uh, it, it says at the top of it, it's a four-panel cartoon. And uh, it says, a magic trick. And there's a guy in a top hat that says, do you want to see a magic trick to another guy? Then there's a, a blank panel with no expression on the guy's face, another blank panel with no expression on his face, and then a blank panel of the two guys. And the guy with the blank expression says, no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your son in first grade, and his dad's a magician. Ouch. So, you know, people always say to me, you know, oh, gosh, people, it must be really cool. Your kids must love having a magician for a dad. This will be my this will be my go to item. I said, really? I think my kids had enough. You oh, yeah. Make one more sponge ball appear out of my ear. Yeah. That's it. I'm out of here. All right. So as we've looked down Holy Week, I'm thinking it's going to be so different for the first time to be not in church on Easter Sunday, not worshiping, not um, seeing everybody, and it's going to be an online experience unlike any other. I hope we only well, do it we, once in life. We've got a plan. What's we, your plan? Have, yeah, but this is not an Elizabeth Warren plan, by the way. Okay. Uh, and I talked to my wife about it when we were watching Palm Sunday service. I said, on Easter Sunday, we're going to line up chairs in front of the television where we watch online, and we're going to get dressed up. And we're going to put on suits and our finest clothes to watch Easter Sunday service online and we're going to sit like we're sitting there and uh, we'll close the, the shades and we'll we'll make it feel like we are in that chapel oh what a great idea i think it i think it's a good idea mm-hmm. i think it's a good idea i gotta get my hair cut first <laughs> and unfortunately that's going to be me doing that yeah but in first john chapter 3 verse 16 patrick it says this is how we know what love is jesus christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So as we just talk about, uh, you know, trying to be selfless and trying to look for ways to delight others and to try to look for ways to brighten somebody's day, I know there has just been such a wave of difficult, challenging news, and I'm talking on top of the coronavirus and everything else. There's there's still news that you're that I'm hearing that it's just so difficult. So my my prayer list has gotten so long and. You know, the good news is, is I'm starting to see some prayers already being answered, and I'm celebrating uh, joyfully that God is uh, hearing all the prayers, and God is at work, I believe, and everyone is praying for a flattening of the curve, and there was even a little good news today that that it's, that stalled out for a couple of days. Yeah, and they, another piece of good news about it where they said uh, some of our original projections were incorrect, and then and the predicted numbers of those affected— uh, and the fatalities, uh, we overshot it. Mm-hmm. And it should uh, should be a lot less. And, you know, I know it may be early to celebrate that because of course. so many people are suffering. But, you know, any reduction in that number is good news. And, and I think we have to look for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I just uh, know that you and I appreciate all of our talented friends that are doing little things uh, like Facebook Live. And 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 I know our friend Pat is, is uh, sending out very up, uplifting, upbeat messages, and and he's such a positive guy to start with that you know that's kind of contagious. It's not a bad idea to uh, to get infected by somebody who's really positive right now. 
No, not at all. And, and you know, he, he's one of these, this, it's a mutual friend of ours and he's always putting messages out every day. He says, look, you've, you know, you've been asking for this time for years. If only I had more time, if only I had some time to sit down in front of my computer at home and write that thing I was going to write mm-hmm. or work on something. I, I taught myself how to jump rope. I know that doesn't sound like much, but uh, it's actually something I've wanted to do for years. And I said, well, you can't go to the gym, then, you know, not, just do that and yeah. scratch that off. Then there's a few things, writing things I wanted to get around to, and I'm doing them. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's, it's like, you know, don't don't sit there and, and be blue. The, the, the bad stuff is going to happen mm-hmm. and for you. So actively seek to find anything positive you can do. And it will probably surprise you that it will disguise itself as service to others. Yeah. I've been... All right, uh, Patrick, always. have a great day. Thanks. That's all of our time for today. We'll talk to you next week. You know, I got to go back to I got to go back to homeschooling. We started it a couple of weeks ago and it's spring break already. Nice. <laughs> have a great day. We'll be right back with Pastor David Miles. Monday, you know, Monday is the Monday afternoon mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. And that is about to happen in now two seconds. Two, <laughs> one, begin. Hey, David. Hey, Bill. Hey, Rebecca. Hi, David. How you guys doing? We're doing well. Nice to have you on board once again. Got a nice, to, very, nice to be on board. Yeah, very sacred week we were, we're looking at. Let's discuss it. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it was, uh, Palm Sunday. I, I was wanting to say Passover. I've been, you know, doing this Bible reading and going through my old Bibles and looking at several notes and different things, which has been very enriching. So the other night I said something about Passover and my wife was like, you, you meant Palm Sunday, right? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, yesterday was Palm Sunday, uh, a very, uh, to use Rebecca's word that we were just discussing earlier, weird, kind of kind of strange to to not have the service begin and have kids coming in, waving palm branches and and hearing Hosanna, you know, that the Lord God saves uh, from the mouths of kids. Uh, he still saves, but there's something sweet about being together. Uh, as the family of God and celebrating the beginning of this week. And I completely agree. But as we are now uh, looking at Good Friday and looking at the cross, and it's delivered us from so much, let's discuss. Well, you know, uh, Bill, I was thinking about this because, you know, there's so many different things that are going on. And, you know, we could talk about a number of things today, Um but ultimately, it boils down to the antidote to mankind's, humankind's worst fear. Um, and our worst fear ultimately finds its terminal uh, or terminus in death. And that's, that's one of the things. And, and so, you know, when you, when you look at the Lord's Prayer, one of the last stanzas is, is lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. And the beauty of that is that because Jesus, he, he said to us, 
pray this way. And he said, pray, deliver us. And the reason why we can pray, deliver us is because he has delivered us. And, you know, I wanted us to take some time and, and to look at that today, to look at the why of Good Friday, uh, the cross of Christ and what the, Christ has done, what the cross has done for us. Uh, because in the midst of this, uh, there's, there's still hope. There's rich, robust, deep, eternal, peace-giving, death-conquering hope in the name of Jesus. And we see in Colossians chapter 1 this beautiful, beautiful passage, and it says this, and he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. But that first part, he has delivered us from. And that, that's a beautiful thing that I, I wanted us to, to settle in a little bit on today, what that looks like. And even for us to discuss, what are some of the things that God has delivered us from through the work of Christ on the cross. That's powerful. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. Yeah. And now, you know, oh, go ahead, David. No, go ahead, Bill. I want to continue on this because I, I want to continue to talk about what else he has delivered us from. Well, you know, he's delivered us, uh, as it says, from this domain of darkness. And, you know, I don't know if you remember uh, a few years back, there was a story of a group of miners. Um, I want to say that uh, it was in Chile that it was. Mm -hmm. um, and what had happened was there was a group of miners who had been caught underneath ground. And I think literally for like, 63 days or something, the world sat on edge just trying to determine what was going to happen. And they were trapped underneath ground. Uh, they were, they didn't have the means or power within themselves to save themselves. And they needed help from an outside source. And in that way, they, much to the world's delight as they watched this event happen, these miners were eventually delivered. And, and I remember as they brought them out, you, you literally just rejoiced with the people because these individuals were at death's doorstep. They were at the precipice of death. They were, they were losing oxygen. They, they were in a state um, that, that seemed quite dismal. Mm -hmm. And and I think sometimes as we go about life day to day, it, it seems so esoteric. It seems so out there of the reality of what it means to be delivered. Um, but I think right now, um, with the things that are going on in our world, uh, as we hear, um, sadly, um, day after day, uh, more individuals that did not start this year planning that uh, by the end of the first quarter that they would not be here, mm -hmm. and even at the beginning of the second quarter uh, that they would not be here, but that they would be standing before their creator and giving account for their life. Um, and so I think this this coronavirus, I think this very um, realness of it, or the fact that it's become more real because 
all of us now, by this point, are hearing the names of people that we know or people that we know who know others who have been affected and impacted by coronavirus. So this idea of wanting deliverance from them from the effects of coronavirus uh, really brings home what it really means to long and desire for deliverance, period. David, I remember how excited I was seeing that news clip of these uh, young boys getting uh, pulled out of the mine. I mean, you talk about having to shelter in place for 63 days. Uh, that one must have just been horrifying. And they got supplies down to them, but it was uh, it was very, uh, very scary, of course, for them. And when they got rescued... It was a, a wonderful celebration. Talk about being delivered. A great example. Yeah, and so that part of, you know, I, I like sunlight. So to, to be underground uh, for 63 days uh, in, in darkness, that sense of uh, deliverance is huge. And underneath, um, underneath the, the weight of all that rock mm-hmm. and soil, um, you can feel... Uh, in bondage. I mean, like you're trapped. I mean, you're, you're, you're literally feeling, um, there's nowhere to go. And even today, uh, we have people who are listening, um, who have been feeling that maybe for real and also in their hearts and in their souls and in their minds where they have felt in bondage or enslaved. And, and the good news of the cross is that, when, when the Bible talks about delivering us, he's delivered us from a, a, a domain of darkness. He's delivered us from the devil who wants to have us in bondage and, and to leave us in shackles. Uh, he's delivered us to new life. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it to the full. And that's life both now, but more importantly, for eternity. Mm-hmm. I think of Second Timothy 2, David, when it talks about uh, opponents must be gently instructed, people who are in, opposed to the gospel, those opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Pretty strong words. Pretty strong words. And uh, one of the things in that that passage there is that we kind of see this, this um, where our part is and where the Lord's part is. Um, you know, backing up a little bit to verse 22, flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Here's our part. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies, for you know that they breed quarrels. Mm-hmm. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind and to everyone, able to teach, as you said, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. And then here's the shift. Here's the shift that God has to do within the heart of our loved ones, of our neighbors, of our friends, of our, our family. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of truth, and that they would come to their senses. So in that part, we have our part, and at the same time, Bill, as I heard you saying earlier at the tail end of the other show, that as the days have gone, uh, you have found more 
and more and your list of praying for people has grown and it's grown and it's become more fuller and robust. And, and it's a part, God, would you grant people um, repentance leading to truth, repentance leading most of all to Christ? It's well said, David. I appreciate that. And it is. We, we have to be uh, loving, kind, but tell the truth to people and try to avoid uh, foolish and stupid arguments. You know, the, was it C.S. Lewis that said, don't worry about a, a, a lion, just let it out of its cage, it'll defend its, itself? Yes. So yeah. The, uh, tr- the truth stands strong, and all we have to do is uh, communicate it with gentleness and kindness and patience, and hopefully pray that these people who are hostile to the gospel or not in God's uh kingdom yet would be uh, led to the truth, the knowledge of the truth, and they can come to their senses. I love that expression, that they can come to their senses. Well, one of the things is that this is this is kind of a moment where the rubber hits the road uh, in life, and it's kind of like all sorts of, you know, you know great um, thoughts and mantras and thoughts on lives and arguments kind of fall by the wayside. Because listen, you can get into a nice intellectual debate with Corona, but Corona don't care. <laughs> All right? right? She just doesn't. No. But at the end of the day, Corona don't care, but Jesus does. Yeah. And Corona could get get into a conversation and say, All right, what's what what's the most that you can do? Corona's like I can lead to sickness that leads to death. Well Jesus has provided the antidote to the ultimate worst reality and concern of human beings. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness. Even more so than that, he's delivered us from death. And that's the beauty and that's the power of the cross. Um, Someone once said that all of the world's philosophies, beliefs, and religions come down to two things. Number one, those things that people do to save themselves. You know, be it making a pilgrimage to this country, country, empty themselves, try to seek nirvana, be reincarnated, you know, try to not do the terrible 12, the nasty nine, the sinful seven, the terrible three, you know, whatever it is, it's people trying to do things in order to justify themselves to God. The second one is what God has done for us. And that's where biblical Christianity separates itself from all of the world's uh, uh, beliefs and religions. It's the only one that says that while we were yet sinners, meaning we didn't bring anything good to the table, attractive. We, 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 didn't, we didn't bring our Ivy resume. We didn't bring our load. Of, we came broke, disheveled, poor. The, we, we were poor, you know, poor without just with one O poor. And it says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us that he died for us. Mm -hmm. And not only that, uh, the passage goes on to beautifully say in the next couple of verses, um, he says, but God shows his love for us that while we're sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more will we be saved by him from the wrath of God. We've been delivered, Bill, from wrath. Verse 10 goes, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, how much more now that we're reconciled shall we be saved by his life? Mm. 
So we've been delivered from death to life. We've been delivered from condemnation uh, to hope. We've been delivered from sinfulness to being forgiven in Christ. We've been delivered from shame to standing with God. We've been delivered from guilt to being not guilty and declared righteous, not by our righteousness, but by God's righteousness. And we've been delivered from death to eternal life. Yeah, beautiful. David, let me take a little break. Pastor David Miles is my guest. It is the Monday afternoon mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. We'll be right back. All right, we are back with the Monday Afternoon Mix with Miles, Arnold, and Maxwell. And I think it's time we hear from Maxwell right now. Hi, folks. Hey, hey. I'm here. Just staying quiet and listening because <laughs> there's so much great stuff to, to listen to. David, you were on fire. I uh, agree. And, and I love where we're going because not only has God delivered us from death and from fear and from anything that might keep us up at night because we can cast all of our anxieties on the God who loves us. That reassurance is wonderful. But you also mentioned that he's called us to something. God has delivered us to many wonderful things. And I'd love to hear more about that. Well, uh, I love how scripture talks about how God's delivered us to an inheritance uh, that doesn't fade, that doesn't uh, diminish. Uh, you know, what's nice about God's um, inheritance and God's God's wealth that he's given us in Christ, uh, it's not affected by the stock market. You know, it, it's laid up in a place that's untouchable uh, in that it's been sealed uh, in the precious blood of Christ. And so we've been delivered to that. And actually, Peter talks about this a little bit uh, when he says in First Peter, um, you know, he says, know that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. And so we've been delivered um, to a hope that that is that is eternal, that is secure. Today we celebrate, uh, or we are, we are allowed to live on April 6, 2020. You know, most people don't use that AD anymore uh, in the year of the Lord, but even our very calendar is affected by the central person of history, Jesus Christ. And so we have a hope that, that every time we open our calendar, uh, Jesus is overseeing that hope. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, David, when we think of the cross and Good Friday, we certainly are realizing that was the best day we'll ever have because he paid for our sins. And if he was that good to us on that day, there is no other day that he will be less good to us despite what we feel is our circumstances right now. Yeah. And uh, Bill, you're on. You're very much onto that. It, this this richness comes through uh, in the words of Paul when he's writing to the Romans. Um, he says, "You know, uh, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, 
how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. So that's another thing that we've been delivered from, is from condemnation to being justified. Verse 34, who is it to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. And I love this. There's this little hash, and it says, more than that, who was raised and who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is in, who is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or corona? No. And hmm. all of these things, we are more than conquerors to him who loved us. For I'm neither, for I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, or death, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Rebecca, we, we've been delivered to, to an eternal love. And, and a rock solid love uh, that does what we, we like to say, you know, that we'll say uh, in remembrance and honoring uh, soldiers that have served for our freedom, that they paid the ultimate ultimate sacrifice. But we've been delivered to one who's paid the ultimate sacrifice and now lives. So we've been delivered to he who holds uh, the keys of death and life himself. Can I just say amen? You can say amen. Amen. That's amen. amazing. And we can walk in that. And that's where the victory comes from. Uh, it comes with it comes with uniqueness of we've been graced with peace you know um we've talked about this like when recalling when my mom passed and went home to be with the lord you know it, it's a different type of thing uh, for the death of a saint uh, of one who has received christ's uh, free gift of salvation because uh, our lives are secure in him. And, you know, people used to ask the question, uh, you know, if you, if you were to die today, do you know where you stand? I mean, we're able to say nowadays in different ways that if you have 30 days left to live, what is your state? What is your relationship uh, with God? Have you received this free gift of life that he's given you? Have you received his invitation to deliver you from darkness? And and you might not think it's darkness, uh, but also to deliver you from death and to deliver you to this life that he gives. I love that. And you've made some wonderful notes, uh, David, in your prep, which I want to share with right now. And that is, he has delivered us from fear to peace, from condemnation to acceptance, from wrath to grace, from slavery to freedom, and from death to life. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a great exchange. That's you a know, really good exchange. And that's not even a fair exchange. I mean, like, it really isn't. Um, because, you know, we are, we are getting so much more, uh, from Christ 
than what we've gave because we've given, you know, uh, we've given sin. And, and, you know, what's so neat about this Friday, and, and Rebecca, going back to what you said, it's a good Friday because there's a resurrection morning. And the death of Jesus for us was God's declaration of paid in full. It's the thought that I deserve punishment, but I got pardon. Mm -hmm. I deserve judgment, but I got Jesus. I deserved eternal condemnation, but I got eternal salvation. I deserved hell, but I got heaven. And that is amazing. You know, that that's that's that song we sing, Amazing Grace, you know, uh, and even as the other psalmist said, amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, has died for me? Yeah. Every time, you know, what's sweet about Good Friday, and I don't know um, um, how many churches, you know, do this, but, you know, on that night, uh, you see the richness of Jesus because it says Jesus loved his own and he loved them to the end. And that included that included uh, Judas as well, who betrayed him, mm -hmm. Peter, who denied him. But then he goes on to go and to administer uh, the Lord's Supper. And they partook of the, the Lord's Supper, uh, which was during Passover. And if we remember that thing about Passover, I, I just finished reading up in Revelation uh, how Israel was enslaved in Egypt. But as they put the blood on the doorpost, the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, that the death angel passed over them. Uh, and then they actually would celebrate the Passover uh, every year. And so we do that, and we'll be doing that this, this Friday. We'll be celebrating the Lord's Supper. And the sweetness of that is that every time we celebrate communion, it helps us to remember the size of my debt. Mm. It helps me to remember the sweetness of my pardon. And it also helps me to remember the price of my forgiveness. Yeah. David, thank you so much for that teaching and that encouragement and that reminder of what we've been delivered from. I so appreciate you. Appreciate you too, Bill. Appreciate you, you Rebecca. Always great to talk with you, David. That is all for the Monday afternoon mix with Pastor David Miles. We'll take a little break in hour two. We're going to have Ken Samples on the program for the whole hour. We're going to talk about selflessness. It's going to be a great hour. Get your questions ready. You can start texting them over at 877-933-2484. Be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.